this is Breezy, and you are about to listen to an episode of No Matter What Did You Just Say? An after show hosted by the Section 109 Podcast. This was an after show hosted for episodes of the No Matter What docuseries about Chattanooga Football Club. This was recorded and broadcasted live on Facebook and YouTube and on CFC's official channels. We also wanted to release them as podcasts, however, so here they come. We apologize in advance if the audio is a bit wonky, but we were all in different locations with varying audio and video setups. You can find links and these actual video episodes archived on CFC's official YouTube. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the after party. The no matter what did you just say? A no matter what after show hosted by the Section 109 podcast. Yes, we did title that. They did give us license. They probably shouldn't have, but here we are. And by the way, who are we, Matthew, and why are we here besides the fact that, holy moly, there's a documentary about CFC? Guys, there's a documentary about CFC. Like, I was interviewed, and I still can't believe it. Not going to lie. My name is Matt Coniglio. I'm a Chattahooligan. Uh, Smitty, how about you introduce yourself, too? Smitty, do we have Smitty? We do not have Smitty. Uh, Breezy, go ahead and introduce yourself. So my name is Andrew Breezy, better known as Breezy. I'm one of the hosts of the Section 109 podcast, and somehow I am on the internet now uh, talking on CFC official channels, and that's very weird. Um, so let's start out with this. After Holy Crap, There's a Doc, which is unreal. Matthew, I would like to know what merch you're wearing, because I see a little CFC uh, logo peeking out there. This is this is the Hummel... Uh, I don't know, pullover, quarter zip thing. You can find it at Winder Binder. Uh, no, Smotherman did not pay me to say that. Nice. Nice. I am wearing my classic, it's football, uh, it's the football, this it's this is football, this is throwball shirt, which uh, is, perfect. yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute classic. Okay, so first of all, Matthew, before we get into the actual doc, how weird was it seeing yourself on TV? Uh, it's kind of weird. Not gonna lie, it's it's pretty weird. I don't normally like to hear myself uh, talk. Uh, I I don't I don't listen to most of our podcasts. I just download that and like start playing and walk away because uh, I don't like to hear myself talk. Uh, so yeah, a little bit of weird. Uh, takes some getting used to, um, but it's really cool to be a part of, of of such an amazing thing. And like guys, there's a documentary about our club. Yeah. It's wild. So when those opening credits started rolling, what were you feeling? How were you feeling? Uh, goosebumps is the best way I can put that. A lot of, lot of goosebumps. Uh, the way that, you know, John Freeman does an excellent job of of narrating, by the way. Uh, if you guys don't remember, he was on the, uh, he was on the broadcast for the Georgia revolution game, our first game ever on TV. Uh, and, and just like, you know, going through going through the opening bit, you know, hearing hearing the music underneath it, like it's just, I'm ready for soccer already. Uh, that, does this start tomorrow? I wish. Is it May yet? That intro was unreal. When those that, that title sequence, uh, Smitty, do we have you in the building? Have the technical difficulties been solved? I'm here. The man is hey. trying to hold me down, um, I, but I, I clawed myself back. I can't see you, but I can hear you, and I'll take it. Let me look. I don't know. So, it's Smitty. Scary. Tell me how you were feeling. Same question I asked Matthew. How were you feeling when those opening credits rolled and you saw them? 
Um, so chills. No, so I'm a sucker for some good um, opening credits. Um, I think HBO always has the best, and this felt very much so in the same vein. Um, I mean, I had chills the entire doc, but the, especially in the opening credits, I thought they were great. I completely, completely agree with that. Um, Smitty, how about Matthew's jacket game in his little cameo? Yeah, I was so impressed. So, and you know, and this is a a negative byproduct of the pandemic, but we do not get to see Matt wearing jackets or uh, or combing his hair very often. Um, so, just seeing that, it took me back like two and a half years. So, is it, it was very nice. Yeah, I, I thought the exact same thing. Um, so, let's talk about tryouts a little bit and i think we actually have a clip if you could roll that clip from tryouts we don't we don't actually have the clip from tryouts. Oh, we don't have a clip from tryouts that's my bad that was a late that was a late scratch that's Uh, my bad my bad i was i was remembering incorrectly so let's talk about tryouts either way um smitty let's start with you since you were not the one bragging at all times about having scored a goal in tryouts Smitty, how how was that tryout footage? Do, do you remember from that time of year? Like, you know, talk about it for me. I mean, it, that feels forever ago, uh, but it was excellent. Um, I the my biggest takeaway was Alec Reddington. Um, so we were standing right next to him. He looked like another fellow uh, Chattahooligan, Matt Van Dynan. Shout out! Um, and we're like, oh look, it's, that's a mini MVD, and it turns out. Um, a very good goalkeeper as well. Definitely. Matthew, how about you? Well, I mean, doing, doing tryouts, uh, these past few years has been, has been super fun. Uh, I did not know that that footage existed. Uh, it has been, it has been told over and over again to me that it never, it never made, it never saw the light of day. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, to, to see it, uh, to live, to kind of relive that experience. It was a, it was a darn good shot. If I might say so myself, um, I listen, I love the tryouts experience. I love, I love every bit of it. The idea that, uh, the idea that someone's got a shot, no matter, no matter who they are, no matter where they come from, you know, if they're on the field, they can impress, they can do it. Like that's, that's, that's the epitome. That's what, that's what's what, uh, that's what it's all about. So now now uh, moving to close uh, tryouts. From open tryouts, you're talking about open tryouts where anyone can get on the field. We also saw some clips, or we ha- we saw like bits and pieces of close tryouts, and we also saw some CFC players, some current CFC players, guys that played a lot of minutes. Matthew, why don't you tell me a little bit about some of those players that made it out of those invitational tryouts? Well, so you had you had Alec Reddington uh, coming out of in- invitational tryouts. You also had, and I'm going to use my fingers so I can't count. You had Nick Spielman. You had Clayton Adams. You had Brian Bement. You had Sean Hofstadter. Uh, Cutler Coleman was there, and there's a one or one or two other ones that I'm forgetting. Uh, that's we. I mean, we had to turn over a bit a, a large part of our roster last season. Uh, I, I know it, it feels like forever ago, but with with the move to amateur to pro, uh, you know that that tryout was critical for us to build what essentially became the backbone of our roster. So, uh, and, and I, I mean, obviously, it paid off. Seven seven eight players, what it was. Yeah, it, it, it really did. So moving right along, kind of as the dot goes on, uh, Smitty, I don't know about you, but I really, really got goosebumps when Tim started talking about CFC and catching lightning in a bottle. He's so compelling. I understand why he's running for mayor. Um, and, you know, 
his passion as well, of course. But um, I was I was very you know had chills the whole time. But I was very moved during what he was saying, and you can you can see how his clarity of thought and vision has helped CFC progress. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. Um, I I really really loved how they strung together all of the people talking about CFC with then moments mostly from the last year, but also, you know, moments from the past too. Um, took really, really took me back. And I think longtime CFC fans will have felt some real emotion talking about, you know, the, the 18,227 fans, right? Like that, that clip of Chris, like scoring the goal. It's such, such a, an amazing thought and look back into the past. So now let's move forward in the dock to the first professional game and the first professional goal scored by Chattanooga Football Club. Let's roll that clip. Here's Kyle Carr to take this corner. Raises both hands. Threads it in. Oh, it's McGrath! McGrath for Chattanooga FC! Unmarked inside the area. No one was on him. And the man patrolling around central midfield, Ian McGrath, scores the first goal for Chattanooga FC. Oakland Roots nil, Chattanooga FC one. How majestic is Ian McGrath? I, I am wearing my Ian McGrath jersey tonight just to celebrate that. Player <laughs> worn, by the way. My uh, man. So, so good. Smitty, talk me through some of the emotions that you have seen that goal again and also some of the emotions you had the first time you saw it. Yeah. So, just re seeing it again. And just, thankfully, he didn't miss because he was so wide open. Um, it, but, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I think we've talked before um, about it's a very easy goal to score, but very few goals will mean more than that one. Um, and at the time, uh, Matt and I were watching it together at my place, um, and I'm, I'm, we, we embraced for, for several minutes. I think that's very reasonable. Matthew, how, how does that seeing that goal again make you feel? And, you know, take us back to where you were and, and how you were feeling at the time, too, that shared moment with Smitty. Uh, yeah, so shout out to to Taylor Zogby who was there with us uh, as as well. He definitely joined that embrace the the whole time. Uh, <laughs> I uh, also should shout out the Oakland defense for just gifting an entire uh, farm <laughs> uh, of space uh, for for Ian to find. Uh, it, it was a really cool moment. I mean, just to score that goal uh, on on the road. Uh, we were we were kind of on and during the game we were we were under it for a little bit. Uh, I mean, like we were there was that there was that clip right before the goal of of the ball played in behind uh, and the header that went over the bar. I mean, like that wasn't the first time that that Oakland was dangerous in that game. Uh, and so just to you know there was there was the significance of of, of the goal itself. Uh, but in terms of the in terms of the game, I mean, it was a it was a massive moment to be able to to, to finally punch ahead. Um, and, and then, you know, then we just started to start fighting. Uh, and obviously, you know, we gave up, gave up that one towards the end, which, which really hurt. But, uh, I think, I think Breezy, I think you, and, and maybe, uh, and maybe Jeremy said it, uh, in, in the, in the episode 
to walk away in your first pro game against Oakland uh, with a point on the road. Uh, you know, we were we were coming back to town disappointed about giving up that that equalizer at the end, but we were we were happy with a point. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that assessment. I think, yeah, it, it could have been so different, right? If two more minutes go by on the clock, but also. If you if you offer that to us before the game, we're taking it. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So moving moving past uh, Oakland just a little bit, um, we hit the pandemic, and and we right before the pandemic, we were really gearing up for a a, a big first professional home game, and there's some really great footage which we'll roll here in a second um, from Tifo Day. And there's a particular TIFO they'll show in a second. But I, um, yeah, I, I'd love to talk about when we come out of that clip, how we were feeling leading up to the pandemic, and then a little bit in particular about TIFO Day. So go ahead and roll that clip for me, guys. Yeah, so last night we used a projector, traced everything so that we could prepare for today. One of our new players has a great stash. See, it's a movement. We all got to do it now. Brian, you're next. I rocked a goatee once. That would be potential, but I don't know if I could do the stash thing. Awesome. I'm so pumped. First of all, Brian needs to know. Brian, if you're listening to this, grow the stash. Embrace the stash. Fear the stash. Come on. Come on, Brian. Um, the other thing is Alec Reddington has an excellent, excellent stash. Uh, the original inspiration for the stash was not only Alec Reddington. It was when Kyle Carr signed. He had the perfect Super Troopers mustache. Reddington also had a mustache in his profile picture. And so when we saw those two, we had to do a stash. Um, but backing away from the stash, and we'll come back to it in a second. Um, leading up to that TIFO day, including that TIFO day, seeing those pre-pandemic race scenes with members of the community high-fiving all the kids high-fiving the players you know kind of take me back there guys matt you can go first how were you feeling leading into that game and then uh, kind of take me back to where you were well i mean I, I think i think buzzing to use to use an english term uh we, we were i mean we were lit like we were ready to go uh i mean we had a big year planned in terms of you know, support. We had looked at the schedule, where we were traveling to, how we were going to do. Uh, you know, all, all, tailgate team had all kinds of stuff ready to go. Like it was going to be an awesome, awesome year. Uh, and and I feel like you know that that March seven Saturday where we were out doing TIFO, feel like that was one of the last things that happened mm -hmm. uh, before it all came crashing down. Smitty. Yeah, I, you know, that same day, Matt and I um, were line judges. I don't know how this happened. It just did. But we were line judges for a scrimmage uh, for CFC. So squat is inner squad scrimmage. And I felt incredible. And we were playing the LA Force, who we were pretty sure that we were going to beat. So getting, you know, getting four points out of the first two games would have felt really good. Yeah, we should not be doing uh, – we, we should not be doing assistant refereeing for – for pro soccer, that was a every was call a, I made was correct. That, <laughs> that thing happened uh, out of nowhere. 
I now understand why you've both had knee surgery chasing around professional athletes up and down the sidelines. <laughs> um, so going back directly to that TIFO day, I don't know if either one of you, because everything blurs together, were either one of you at the TIFO day painting? No. Okay. So I remember, cause that's one of my things. That's one of the things I'm most passionate about is, is putting the other flags and banners. And for anyone that doesn't know what TIFO means, it's, it's an Italian word that we Americans have taken and, and used now to describe all aspects of visual cheering. So that's banners. It can also be flags. And when we created a lot of those banners, we were recreating a bunch of banners that had gone missing due to a uh, trailer theft. And we were also creating a ton of new banners. We were creating some team-specific banners to for opponents this year. We were creating specific banners for uh, our team. And, and one of the things that's been the roughest, I think, for me at least personally, is we didn't get to display hardly any of those. Uh, we have to display some of them at, at some of the fall games and put a few of them up in the independent cup before everyone came in and you know then come get them after everyone had left the stadium. But we had a lot of fun plans for for banners for other teams. And you know, they didn't uh they those teams never came to Finley to play last season. And that's that's a bummer. Um additionally, we did something special for this TIFO day is we had the players come who, who wanted to and come join us that's not a common thing in amongst um, supporters groups and, and amongst uh, soccer traditions um, generally speaking and we do this is how we do it we display our tifo pieces usually game day it's a surprise um, especially if they're pro cfc pieces and so having those players and choosing to have those players come and join us and then of course them actually coming and joining us was an amazing i think uh, development in, in in the story that is CFC, which means we're more than, and we all know this anyway, right? Like we all feel this, but it's another demonstration. We're more than just team and fans. We're a family and they are also sometimes fans. They also got to put actual paint on banners. And that was a really, really cool moment. And and I one that we shared, and I think one that was building up to be something really, really special before that stuff got canceled. But, you know, that's where the world went. That's where we ended up. So COVID shuts down and, and let's skip forward um, to the independent cup. Um, and by the way, uh, there's a note in the show doc in this show doc that we made earlier. And I think it's a very astute note. I believe the Smitty said this, everyone looks like babies. Mm-hmm. All of the players in that TIFO video in those TIFO clips, they all look like three years ago. I mean, yeah. all the haircuts are different. Everything's different. It's very it's very, very different. Um, moving into the Independent Cup. Smitty, do you did you have any particular feelings? I know I did. Leading into the Independent Cup, the return of CFC soccer. Um, you know, starving for live sports. That, that was the big thing. And just very, very excited for CFC to come back. Um, we, we had our first game that was broadcast live on, on local television, which was huge and done phenomenally and it, it, so much excitement and is playing the revs too. And we always have a little bit of an ax to grind against the revs. So it was very nice. Always. And, and here it, it's really interesting for anyone that was listening closely. You may have noticed the voice that narrated this episode of, um, of the documentary is the same voice that also did the commentary for the Georgia Revs game, that Georgia Revs independent cup game that was broadcast here on local television. Uh, it's John Freeman out of Nashville and he is amazing. Um, and yeah, just a little piece of trivia for people that might wonder. Um, yeah. So 
quick, let's do a quick overview, something that wasn't actually talked about much in the documentary. And this is not a slide at the documentary, but if we remember after the independent cup, right before the bubble, um, you know, where, where I guess the kind of the doc ends essentially, um, or the episode one ends, excuse me, the, the first episode ends. We had a little mini season. We played the stars. We played Detroit, played the cosmos and new Amsterdam. Um, Matthew, why don't you take us through the, uh, the mini season and your thoughts and your reactions. And then Smitty, I want to know some of your takeaways as well from that, that mini, you know, preparation after the independent cup and then before the bubble. So we come out of the independent cup three zero record, uh, did, did the job that we needed to do. Uh, we head up to Michigan. We're a little banged up at this point. Uh, several players did not make the trip due to injury. Uh, we lost, uh, KJ early in the early in the first half there we're already down a goal at this point um, you know we end up losing that game two to one uh, and I think that was a key moment because we uh, they they get back in the town you know they switch up they they switch up some of the lineup uh, in terms of in terms of player positioning Richard Dixon becomes a center back uh, you know we push we push someone else out wide. Uh, a little bit of changing in terms of the, the midfield, in terms of how they how they take pressure, how they defend, and and I think we went back up to Detroit, and and the three of us are you know we're all watching this game together, um, and we're I mean we're nervous. Uh, I don't think that's an exag- exaggeration at all, and and the Detroit game could not be more different. We we went out there and we absolutely beat the crap out of Detroit. Uh, perfect game plan, uh, you know, seated possession. We weren't, we didn't need to have the ball, took our chances when they came, uh, played great defense. Uh, and, and it's probably the first time uh, that, that Detroit's ever been played off the park in, mm-hmm. in a couple of years. And especially and at home. Like, yeah, exactly. Especially at home. So now we're feeling good. You know, three points in the bag. Uh, we play, uh, we play Cosmos next. Uh, and, and, you know, beating the Cosmos because it was the first time that we had beaten them uh, and the way that we did with a come from behind victory, our first game back with fans in, in Finley, it was just an incredible thing. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, the results, you know, some draws have happened in, in other games and all of a sudden we beat the Cosmos and now it's, uh, you know, we, we have one game left against New Amsterdam and we're sitting, you know, with a chance to win the East. Uh, and since it's New Amsterdam, we beat them, uh, and because everyone else did too, and and we move we moved to the top of the table, uh, which ultimately didn't mean a whole lot because everyone went to, to to the bubble anyway. Hey, hardware hardware is hardware, Matthew. It always means something. <laughs> so so you, finishing finishing first in the East is a good accomplishment. Yes, it was a, a short four game stretch, but you know the boys did the job that was in front of them and they did it well, and. You know, so when we head up, you know, we're heading up to the bubble. We're, we're feeling good. Yeah. Uh, Smitty, how, how do you, do you see it the way Matt saw it? Do you have any other takeaways that he didn't uh, highlight there? No, I felt, I felt very good going into the bubble. I felt way better going into the bubble than I did going into the mini season, especially after the stars game. Um, so you could see the team band together throughout the course of the mini season. So I felt very confident and we had a more defensive style. So that typically 
is 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 better suited to to tournament style play as well. For sure. Now, before we roll into our last clip, um, the and we'll we'll talk a little bit about it after we do. But the bus to Detroit, seeing the guys get on the bus, like took me back in a good way to like travel basketball and like getting on bus for for field trips. And and I don't know if it's like this for them. But I, I, based on their play in the bubble, which is still to come in later episodes, I really feel like they had the kind of camaraderie that you have when you jump on the bus with all of your friends from middle school or high school and you go on a trip. It looked so much fun. Although, I, I, you know, it probably wasn't. It's a long trip to Detroit. Canada's a long way from here. All right. How about we roll that beautiful bus footage? Uh, and by bus footage, I mean the Chad Hooligan snack handout. With the independent cup complete, Nisa makes the decision to bring all its clubs to Detroit into a controlled bubble to play a season-ending tournament. With only two days before the tournament begins, the team loads the bus for the almost 12-hour journey to Detroit. I see, I see hope. Detroit. Signs for Detroit. Oh, baby. yeah. Our way, boys. Our way. Man, that first of all, like I said, Canada is a long, long way away. Um, <laughs> that's that part where you saw um, snacks being given out. Some people may not know. Basically, the, a bunch of Chad hooligans got together and made snack handouts. So they they put together a lot of fun snacks, nut- hopefully nutritional snacks, and things that kind of get the guys going, um, get the guys going, and get the guys happy. Hopefully, give them some love. And also, there were some little notes which we got to see on social media. Some of um, written to each guy, and and I think there's something really special about that. I, we didn't have a lot of footage from that, and that's that's fine. That's between. That's between the Chad hooligans and and those players, right? But it's a cool. It's, there's a little snippet of evidence there of a really cool relationship um, between them. So, Smitty, I'm going to go to you first before we talk about some commenters on YouTube and um, and Facebook, which Matthew's going to find a few of the best of those to talk about here in a second. But, Smitty, I want to go first to you. What kind of things are you excited about potentially? Because we don't know what episode two has for sure. But, you know, based on episode one, we know what happens going forward because we, we all lived this we all watched these games what are you excited about that's possibly in episode two? Oh lord um hey so i want to i want to backtrack for a second because we talked it, it, it in the beginning of the document they talked about how chattanooga fc is um is a set the groundwork for a lot of clubs for a lot of soccer clubs especially independent soccer clubs um, the footage that they're showing of the Chattahooligans is also doing the same thing um, for supporters groups. This is how you do it. This is how, like, we showed how to make TFO, and also we support our players by doing by doing silly things like snack bags that are that have a huge impact. Um, and so, also thinking about next week, I really want to see bubble shenanigans. So I, I would imagine the guys quarantining in a hotel probably got bored. Um, so I, I'm, I'm sure there are some, uh, some good shenanigans going on. I want to know, and I'll throw this to you, Matthew, um, before, before we go to some, some comments. I want to know what room 
was the most fun. And I don't know if we're going to find that out, <laughs> but I feel like the cameras, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, there were cameras and teams in the hotel. And like that was the bubble, right? So like the cameras and the cameramen were inside the bubble. So there's a really good chance we're going to see some really fun stuff. And I want to know whose room was the most fun. And I hope we see which one it was. Like, I hope that we can get that from it. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if we'll get to see some interaction with other teams. Uh, maybe that doesn't make the doc. Maybe that's not interesting or maybe it's not showable. I don't know. But can you imagine like beating a team or, and I don't know what game we're going to see in this first episode for sure. If we'll see a whole game or if we'll see half a game, or we'll see two games. Right. But are we going to see some interaction between, uh, tense moments maybe after the game? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe things weren't weird, but I'm really interested what life looks like. Like you said in the bubble, what are you looking forward to Matthew potentially in episode two? Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm most curious to see what, uh, what, what like Fuller, Coach Fuller and, and the players' interactions are uh, surrounding maybe the game itself. Obviously, we know what happened in the first game, uh, beating LA Force 2-0. to zero, But what, you know, what was... Spoiler alert. Yeah, know, bro. Like, but like, like, what is, what is the, like... Uh, maybe the pregame message, maybe a halftime message, like those interactions that as fans, we don't ever get to see up close and personal. There were cameras there. Like, do we get a little bit of that? Uh, I, I think that kind of thing is, is maybe most interesting to me. That's, that's fair. That's, that's a very good shout out. I've always wanted to be in the locker room at halftime, um, especially if we're down, which we weren't, but if we, if we're down so I can, you know, yell at somebody or hear somebody get yelled at. So, uh, yeah, that's a very, very good call. Matt, do you have some comments, uh, things from Facebook, YouTube that uh, you want to highlight? So I don't know how to make my mouse work. So I'm going off of memory, uh, but definitely shout out to <laughs> Donna, to Nick, and uh, uh, there's Emily in there too. Uh, I saw Bill Hammondry ask about what I was drinking. It's water, I promise. Um, there, there are so many other people that are that are watching tonight that were commenting. Thank you so much for for watching and being with us tonight. Um, keep those comments rolling uh, for for as long as we're still rolling tonight, and then definitely for next week uh, as well. Keep those keep those comments rolling in. Um, we're going to take a, a quick moment to, to selfishly plug since the club allowed us to to have to have the airways for a second. Uh, you should go to our YouTube page at Section One Hundred Nine Podcast. There's a two-hour goal special uh, that that you should definitely spend all two hours watching. Uh, it's some of the best goals in CFC history that we've got v good video for, uh, and lots of people uh, helped put together uh, those videos, not just uh, not just like the the streaming packages that we have. Uh, that's probably one of the most fun podcasts I think we've done, mm -hmm. uh, and you all get to look at us make fun of each other uh, in in person. Uh, before we sign off, Smitty. Yes. If people want to find you on social media, how would they do that? You can find me on Instagram at a Smitty nose. Well, if you want to find me on social media, you can find me on Instagram at I am Caniglio and on Twitter at whiskey is fine. Ms. Your Breezy. If people want to find you on social media, how would they do that? You can find me on the internet. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you see later. You